Citizen Critic is a production of iHeartRadio and Double Elvis. And I tried on suits that I held on to, but I outgrew. Outgrew? I'm not a... Outgrew? Oh, they came up to my shins. Outgrew. Greg, why do I spend money on clothes at all? You just outgrow them. On this episode of Citizen Critic, the LA Times thinks a movie called Die Hard with a Vengeance is a touch over the top with the noise and the explosions and the kapowies. Newsflash from Yelp, the Tompkins Square Park bathrooms are disgusting. And one family basically dares the entire Yankee Stadium crowd to assault their child. Said Simple Simon to the pie man going to the fair, this is Citizen Critic. Welcome to a new episode of Citizen Critic. I'm Scott Janovitz. And I'm Greg Conley. Hi, Greg. What's happening? You know, not much. This is uh, our season one finale. I can't believe it. It went by very quickly. It did. What are you going to do in the off season? Um, <laughs> I'm going to sit in my house. Okay. Some more. Okay. We, m- we might take uh, one week off. Maybe. Yeah. Although, you know what the bad thing about the pandemic is? Is there's not a lot of new releases for movies. Yeah. Also, the deaths. Well, I mean... Uh, Today, here on the pod, we're going to talk about Die Hard with a Vengeance. Greg, it's the 25th anniversary of the third film in the Die Hard saga. Die Hard with a Vengeance. And I don't know if I've ever, and I know that I haven't told you this, this is one of my most favorite movies of fucking is that right? all time. Yeah. I've held it in. This is like a surprise party. I've been waiting in this cake for. Oh, and, this, and this was my idea. I was the one who. This was your idea. That's this, why yeah. I was just like, yeah, yeah. whatever, I'll do. Uh, whatever. That's interesting. I fucking love this movie. It's the best. Almost as much as I love the original. Yes. To be honest. It's like you're trying to figure out puzzles. Yep. There's riddles. There's colorful stuff. characters. <laughs> there's colorful. There's well, bank robbery. Even... There's gold. Yeah. You get thrown off that like you're on the trail. Terrorism. And it's like you think you're going one place and they yeah. all go to the, the treasury or whatever it is, like downtown. There's like a battleship. It's the best. There's a helicopter battle. It's a w- wonderful movie. Try in the fountain in Central Park or wherever they yes. are. Yes. Oh. We're going to do a review of that. That's Tompkins Square Park. Oh, people review that takes the park. Place. <laughs> people Just review. an open public Greg, space. Greg, <laughs> welcome to the podcast Citizen Critic. People will review yeah. everything. It's the 20... I can't believe it's been 25 years since this movie. I don't know what I believe anymore, to be honest. Like, I, yes, <laughs> it seems like a long time ago, but I, when, I, when I think of the first time I saw that movie... I mean, I can't remember where I was in my life, in my story arc. 
I don't even call it my life anymore. I call it my story, story arc. arc. <laughs> it's no longer. It's so depressing to think about. Like, oh, my life. I just call it my story arc. In my narrative. It could fucking change at any time. I'm with you. So, yeah, I don't know where I was in my story arc when I saw it for the first time. But. Yeah. I have no specific memory of seeing this movie for the first time. But I've seen it a hundred times since. Oh, yeah. Many times. Yeah. Die Hard 2 was in regular rotation for a while uh, on TV. And that one is just a carbon copy of the first one. It, it's like, it's so formulaic. It's in, it's humi- it's it's insulting. <laughs> you almost said humiliating. It's humiliating. I was honestly humiliated watching. <laughs> Die Hard 2 pulled down my pants <laughs> in front of a crowd of people and humiliated me. Uh, yeah, that one, if that one's on TV, it's like, oh God, crap. Why couldn't it be almost yeah. any other? You're like, I'll but, watch it. But, but then again, there have been like three since Die Hard with a Vengeance that have all been not worth watching. I watched, I did watch the one that came after this one and it was not. Uh, die Hardest? Die Harder. I think it was Live Free or Die Hard maybe. <laughs> Live free or die hard. It's like a weird porno. Good title. I was like, it yeah, is. okay, I'm in. Live free or die hard. I may even have gotten it. Uh, no, I don't own it. I <laughs> it's from- a trips. I thought you were going to say tattooed on my lower back. <laughs> Live free or die hard. Just uh, Bruce Willis's silhouette <laughs> with an American flag behind it's it. It's like the MIA POW thing. <laughs> yeah, but with Bruce Willis superimposed. <laughs> Live free or die hard. Yeah. Let's jump in. Yeah. Let's jump in. This is a review of Die Hard with a Vengeance, today's feature presentation. This is a review of Die Hard with a Vengeance uh, from 1995. This is from the LA Times. It's uh, titled Die Hard, Harder, Hardest. The latest installment takes blow em up escapades to the extreme. <laughs> Were they predicting? I, I'm pretty sure they just named three of the other films. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> Die Hard, Harder, Hardest? <laughs> By Peter Rainier. Rainer. By Rain- Peter Rainer. Rainier. Rainier. <laughs> 1995, 12 a.m. That was a good <laughs> time. They time it. The kabooms start early and die hard with a vengeance. Before we've had a chance to ease into our seats, we're treated to a rock the Dolby explosion in New New York's Bonwit Teller department store. <laughs> yeah, I like that he was like waiting. Let me get settled. <laughs> like, show up early. Yes, gotta <laughs> ease into my yeah, seat yeah, here yeah. while balancing my popcorn in one hand. No! <laughs> so now this reviewer is covered in popcorn and angry. <laughs> Let's see how this movie goes. Uh, Thanks a yeah, lot, Die Hard. You made him angry immediately. I just finished taking my mouth off the butter squirter for the popcorn. I finally wedged myself into two uncomfortable people that apparently thought I wasn't going to sit there. And boom! (laughs) Popcorn everywhere. They seemed angry. And the explosions, or the threat of explosions, just keep on coming. 
This third installment of the Die Hard series, starring Bruce Willis as the heroically beleaguered police officer John McClane, is a grand-scale demolition derby. A demolition derby on steroids. It's called Die Hard with a Vengeance. <laughs> like, Die Hard. That's, that's pretty aggressive. Well, that keeps a bunch of explosions <laughs> in this movie. It's, it's like he thought he was going to see, like... The third installment in the Ernest Goes To <laughs> collection. Like, yeah. Why were you surprised? <laughs> yeah. Come on. Fucking Die Hard. That's an aggressive yeah. name. Die Hard with a vengeance. You've with had two vengeance. other examples. This is not going to be good. Uh, how do you die harder than that? It's a grand scale demolition derby. Demolition derby on steroids. <laughs> it throws the audience into a state of heightened, exhilarated queasiness. <laughs> that's I'm that's a, that's a mixed yeah. bag. I feel like you might have high blood pressure. <laughs> Put the popcorn <laughs> down. Come on. It makes the viewer dizzy, seeing stars, <laughs> and, a, and a numbness in my left side. Do <laughs> <laughs> you guys feel that? <laughs> Is it the left arm or the right arm that goes numb in a heart attack? You're, I'm unsure. You guys feel that? <laughs> it's weird. It's a grand scale demolition derby. It's a grand mall seizure. <laughs> Anyone else smell burnt toast in the theater? Just me. Is it just me? <laughs> Throws the audience into a straight up stroke. <laughs> it fills the theater with the strong smell of oranges. <laughs> the trigger for all the kapowi is a cat and mouse <laughs> game between, <laughs> you know. Well, I'm glad we know that now that this reviewer uh, is three years old. I'm a professional critic. <laughs> Someone changed my pull-up. It's a cat and mouse <laughs> game between McLean and a malevolent genius who goes by the name <laughs> Simon Jeremy Irons. Yeah, it was great. It was great. It was great. He was great. I love. I, yeah. He. I am a lifelong Jeremy Irons fan from this movie. Mine was the Klaus von Bülow. <laughs> uh, yeah. Opposite I, I, Dershowitz, I was rooting for for von Bülow. Yeah, <laughs> and not Slunny. Simon, who has mastered the art of snooty, untraceable phone calls to the NYPD. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Snooty and untraceable. Uh, and who bears a king-size, unexplained animus toward McLean, likes to play Simon Says. The police play along because they have no other way of averting more bombings. <laughs> Seems like a good reason. <laughs> yeah. They play along, suckers. <laughs> Not a Blue Lives Matter guy, but I, I gotta agree <laughs> with that part. <laughs> And so McLean, on the skids with the police, separated from his wife, hungover, is delivered up for Simon's delectation. Simon's first little game sends McLean into a life-threatening situation in Harlem, where he ends up uneasily allied with the shopkeeper, Zeus Carver, Samuel L. Jackson. Right, who is horrified that he's wearing, and he's like, what are you trying to do? Yeah, it's, it's like so great. He's like, the opposite of death by cop. <laughs> He sees him from his window. Yeah, yeah. He's like, what the fuck? Um, yeah, Zeus Carter, who regards all white skin as a red flag. For most of the movie, Simon sends these two on a series of beat-the-clock escapades all over New York. Yeah. 
It just yeah, can't gloss uh, over it. Sam Jackson in this one is, <laughs> he <laughs> begins the movie like, don't trust white people. You, right. Like, white yeah. people are the enemy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which I think uh, current events have, have borne that out. This is so good because it sets up the movie so well, this picture of Sam Jackson's character as basically don't trust white people. Right. Then they can go and kind of do their uh, adventures <laughs> through the movie, but that's just the backstory that's always there. So every interaction between them is informed by, right. you know, that dynamic. Yeah. Where he just, he's a white cop of all things. <laughs> right. Which, you know, for, you and know. Sam Jackson came out and saved his life. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because of who he is as a person. So, you know, all this about him in like his second scene. In the popular imagination, it would be difficult to make New York seem any more horrific than it already is. But the filmmakers succeed. Fucking <laughs> LA Times. Come on, man. They deliver up a New York where everything is in hair trigger peril. The subways, the buildings, the crowds. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, that's, that's pretty much, yeah, <laughs> pretty much right on. <laughs> to me, it sounds like a pre 9-11 review is what this is like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a double message for us in all these hijinks. The people who made the film are out to top not only the other two diehard movies, but also every other film like it, including most recently Speed. Oh, this guy is still riding the fumes of speed. Yeah, oh yeah. He is. That's still... a, that's a difficult high to come down from. <laughs> Keanu and Sandra he still has those speed nipple clamps firmly entrenched. <laughs> He's like, I will not come down from this. Even McLean's usual squiggles of wiseacre throwaway dialogue are mostly lost in the din. <laughs> This is the kind of film where everyone in the audience is always leaning over to ask, what did he just say? <laughs> just That's you. That only you are leaning over. The big set pieces don't build, really. They just pile up. The filmmakers throw in everything, even a children in peril ploy, just in case we thought one of our favorite disasters was being neglected. Again, I, this is a pre-9-11 thing where it's like all these disasters seem quaint after 9-11. At the time, uh, quaint, plausible. They seem plausible. <laughs> quaint was probably the wrong word. <laughs> Blowing up a middle school, I guess that's. Uh. Oh, they just seem adorable. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> they seem, yeah, very yeah. plausible, likely scenarios. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to stick by quaint. <laughs> <laughs> I think quaint was the right word. Yeah. Why say in 20 words when you can say Whatever. in one? Yeah. Exactly. Quaint. <laughs> Cute. Yeah. Um, but you know, the big set pieces, it's what makes this a fun action movie. It's like, <laughs> it's exactly. they, they, they pack in a lot of set pieces. That's true. But they somehow managed to make it work. That's the thing that makes this a great action movie. It's difficult to do as many things as they do and make it all work. No doubt a lot of people in the audience will be thinking of Oklahoma City during Die Hard with a Vengeance, but it's mm. too flagrantly over the top to be truly disturbing in a real world way. Many of the reviews of this mentioned Oklahoma, Oklahoma City, City, which is obviously still fresh in people's minds. Yeah. Like, oh, this is bad timing Ooh, to have explosions. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. No, because, yeah, no, explosions didn't yeah. happen before or since. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of crazy to think about yeah. it like this. 
it's not like they're explosions of, you know, public buildings or, well, no, that's not true. They absolutely are exactly that. <laughs> like, I don't know that you've seen this film. Well, let me just uh, cut myself off right there. Moving on. <laughs> Willis and Jackson, as adept and entertaining as they often are, spend most of the movies huffing and puffing. They barely keep pace with the effects. As McLean and Zeus, they turn into blood-streaked speed demons. Tattered, they wear their welts like the latest fashion. (laughs) Wow. What? I mean, they get fucked up at every single stop they go to, but they keep going. Yeah. I call that perseverance. Speaking of fashion, why is it that the terrorists in the movies always dress in the best threads? (laughs) Simon, once we get to see the man behind the voice, is buffed and spiffy. He's dressed for success. (laughs) Buffed and spiffy. (laughs) You know it's a movie, right? It's not like a... You didn't have that same complaint about the first Die Hard or apparently the second Die Hard, which you liked a lot. Jeremy Irons gives Simon a maniacal elegance that occasionally uh, lifts him into the realm of the best James Bond movie meanies. That's true. Okay. Simon enjoys how irrational the rational can be. He's a nut-brained respite from the McLean Zeus shenanigans. Their brother's under-the-skin badinage seems engineered for a new pairing, a new series— Lethal diehard, perhaps? When Zeus scores McLean for being white, there's no explosiveness behind it. It's just shtick. I'm not comfortable commenting on that. <laughs> Rated R for strong violence and pervasive strong language. It includes much cussing and graphic violence and children in peril. I mean, the fact that he looks at this movie and says it's just kind of shtick for another spinoff. I fucking guarantee you, if we went into this guy's house right now, there's four fucking screenplays. I don't know if I can tell you in a dollar amount how much I would pay to see three more <laughs> Die Hard movies yeah, yeah. with uh, these two guys. Zeus and, and Bruce Willis. <laughs> Zeus and Bruce coming this fall. Moving on, Greg, to our Citizen Critics section. Here's a couple of reviews from Amazon.com of Die Hard with a Vengeance. This is from Gary Amazon customer. Oh, is that is, I believe. Convenient last name. Gary Amazon customer, heir to the Amazon customer fortune. <laughs> <laughs> oh, of the Belarus Amazon customers. he was like all right don't fucking make up a username do not crumble under the pressure gary gary amazon customer no okay gary amazon customer i will cut you some slack because you everybody crumbled under the pressure gary amazon customer here It's like a home cable access shopping. Uh, hey, everybody. It's Gary Amazon customer here. 
<laughs> like, like a guy selling RVs. Gary <laughs> Amazon Company here with all your reviews for Die Hard with a Vengeance. Come on down to Gary's Amazon World. <laughs> oh. I give it a one out of five. Gary says, but it never turned around into a good movie. Mm. Would not recommend for anyone over a... And that's how the title <laughs> over goes. Over He was murdered <laughs> in the middle of this review. It begins... The title of this review begins with the word but. <laughs> this review says, childish, foolish script. <laughs> I remorsefully watched the whole thing. Oh, boy. Somebody, but it never turned around into a good movie. Somebody owns a thesaurus. <laughs> This is where the title comes from. Would not recommend for anyone over a 65 IQ. <laughs> uh, 65 is, except I think 85 is the limit before you are, you know. <laughs> something tells me this guy has a 66 IQ. <laughs> yeah. Anybody else? Yeah. I'm on the line. <laughs> Wait, who's, is this Gary Amazon Review customer? Yeah, this is Gary Amazon customer here. Um, oh, Gary. Tell me you can see the balloon. Where is the balloon go? Is it to your left? There's Gary Amazon customer here. Oh, hold on. Uh, I'm looking at the balloon. I got a oh, red that's a, balloon. That's a fun balloon. <laughs> it's coming over my right eye and moving towards my left. So I'm moving left. I remorsefully. He watched this whole thing remorsefully. I remorsefully. Do you renounce Die Hard with a Vengeance? <laughs> I do renounce it. Gary, no one was asking you to sit through it. It wasn't a <laughs> national security issue. It is the greatest regret of my life that I sat through this movie. I have three regrets in my life. My wife, my children, and Die Hard with a Vengeance. <laughs> Here's the next one from, from uh, Amazon. This is by Roos Billis. <laughs> one out of five stars what's up with mclean's hairline how many times is john mclean going to die at this point <laughs> i just feel bad for him how hard must john mclean die before he decides to stay dead he never dies actually spoiler alert <laughs> right he doesn't die never it's not it's the the villain that dies hard every villain like die hard die harder they're not talking about Bruce Willis. Maybe I always or thought Carl like, Weathers. like like hard <laughs> so to kill. Just, I just I don't know the Carl Weathers. The none Carl of these. Carl Weathers. What? Action Jackson. <laughs> Carl Weathers. What? Why would you bring Carl Weathers into this? <laughs> Why would you drag the good name of Carl Weathers into this? Review. <laughs> <laughs> My brain is officially broken. It's Carl Winslow. <laughs> Carl Winslow. <laughs> Who is the character of Fat Cop. How dare you, sir. Family Matters, Carl Winslow. How hard must he die before he decides to stay dead? And does his hairline move back? Yep. Yeah. These are not prequels. <laughs> Something needs to be done about John McClane's hairline before it recedes any further. Oh or even worse, he might go bald. <laughs> this has got to be a gag. I mean, this was written in 2015, and Bruce Hairline... Bruce, Bruce Hairline. Bruce, <laughs> Bruce Willis is hey, obviously everyone, bald. I'm Bruce Hairline. <laughs> Everybody, Bruce Hairline of Bruce's toupees. 
I've also uh, got some reviews here uh, of some things that are featured in the film, beginning with Tompkins Square Park, which is the park where Bruce Willis and Sam Jackson are instructed to go to defuse a bomb that's in a fountain. It's the fountain scene. These are reviews from Yelp of Tompkins Square Park. Matt C. says, Walked through here at 4 a.m. was totally smashed. <laughs> that is, that's what I'm looking for is a, an accurate review of what the park's all about for 90% I can relate. Of Go park. on. <laughs> Just trying to score some cannibal soup, but no dice. I have a feeling cannibal, cannibal soup, soup is code. Saw some rats, but nothing too special. <laughs> I'm like the special rats I usually run into at the park. Oh, those, oh, you should have seen this one rat. Unicorn rats. He he pulled up beside me and said, hop on. We're going to go on a magical ride. <laughs> Very disappointing. Would not recommend. Did he write this at 4 a.m.? Like, you don't wake up the next morning and be like, no, I was disappointed. Well, I'm going to write about that. <laughs> that was an experience the world needs to know about. <laughs> Wait, that guy gave a review. What was he looking? He was looking to buy a bag of weed. I think so. He said, "Score some cannibal soup." And he gave he gave the park a <laughs> negative review because you know. Yeah, he couldn't couldn't score. He did, couldn't score a bag of weed in Tompkins Square that's, Park. That's fucking disappointing. It's harder. You know what? If you go to Tompkins Square Park at four a.m. and you can't score weed, I got That shit is fucking heartbreaking. I gotta agree. Yeah, and is a strike against the park <laughs> itself. If you are Tompkins Square Park and you cannot provide me with pot at 4 a.m., what are you doing? Uh, Alex S. also reviewed Tompkins Square Park. Two stars. He says, listen, it's a park in New York City. People watching at this park gives it plus four stars. Minus two stars for subjecting me to the worst bathroom experience I've ever had. Oh, oh no. Yeah, well... <laughs> From the guy getting changed by the urinals to the guy taking a deuce with no bathroom stall <laughs> to the homeless guy chugging Listerine out of a cap right down to the brown spiral on top of the toilet seat. It all added up to the most depressing atmosphere I've ever encountered. All in the same bathroom. That is... I like how it's depressing. <laughs> Wasn't disgusting. Yeah, it was depressing. And it was, and it was a depressing atmosphere. You are a hard taskmaster, sir. If you're going to judge a park by its bathroom, that is not fair. Yeah. Oh, Tompkins Square Park <laughs> public bathroom? What was the atmosphere like? <laughs> Depressing, you said? Yeah, like that he waited evenly. He was like, you know, the park itself, I'll give it a four. But their public bathrooms, well, fuck, man. Like Minus two. Yeah, the park surface is not known for their stellar bathroom service. So the bathrooms in other public parks are not disgusting? If your review said, I understand a glory hole, but I don't get what the gory hole is. <laughs> yeah. Title, not so glorious hole. <laughs> if what you describe is exactly what I expect out of a bathroom in a public park, well, you can't lose points. Yeah. Here are some reviews, speaking of which, at Central Park. 
Jenny D says, New York City is overrated and we came here <laughs> summer after high school it's, and wanted to be <laughs> New York City. Through history and literature, it is overrated, my friend. Overrated. Yeah. <laughs> we came here summer after high school and wanted to be like the cast of... <laughs> like the cast of friends looking for Central Perk. Well, that is not New York City's problem. <laughs> and the village where they shot the movie Friends. I am very dumb. <laughs> oh, they went looking for Central Perk. Like they shot the movie Friends, but we couldn't find it. It doesn't look like anything you see in the movies. It's not a movie. Anyone who said New York City is the greatest city on Earth obviously has never been away from the northeastern hemisphere of the United States. <laughs> Where is she from? Does it say? I think she's from New Jersey. <laughs> uh, we came here in 2010 and the hotel that we stayed at had bed bugs. We were so scared of getting STDs because that's oh, how you get bed bugs. Is, you need to that's check. That's how you get STDs. Yep. Uh, that we just slept on the floor. They <laughs> can still I get you. They can still get you. Let me just. We were afraid this hotel was dirty, so we slept on the fucking carpet. <laughs> Let me introduce you to my friend, Dr. Google, who will inform you that's not a viable option. <laughs> we wrapped ourselves in the duvet covers. <laughs> The cleanest thing yeah. at the hotel. I was afraid of getting bitten by ants, so I covered myself in peanut butter and laid down on a giant <laughs> sphinx-like mound on the ground. Well, that's how you get them. I wrote a goodbye note to my loved ones <laughs> and drifted off to sleep. I'm a risk mitigation expert. <laughs> I'm terrified of bed bugs, so I'm going to sleep on the floor. <laughs> Maybe I will come back during the winter to have a white Christmas and to go to New Jersey Ew. and to go to Atlantic City to hit up the casino for my birthday, but that is about it. You know what? <laughs> Best case scenario is your plane crashes on descent. <laughs> I'm having a bad time in New York City because of the hotel. I'm going to go to Atlantic City and gamble. Because of the hotel. Atlantic City should be much nicer. You know what is historically and just commonly known as better than New York? New, New Jersey. Jersey. Central Park. Antoinette M. says. Oh, let them eat cake. <laughs> I mean, it was okay because there was trees and that's what parks are for. Uh, they're for trees and for children, not for people like me. Yeah. Greg, <laughs> I am not a tree, nor am I plant kin. I lost my sunglasses. <laughs> Plant, Plant kin. kin. Okay. Relatives. Are you related to of the oaks? Of no, Plant no. in any way. I'm, I was neighbors with the Japanese elm next door. I am more fauna <laughs> than flora. <laughs> I am not kin to the plants. I lost my sunglasses while doing a business meeting in the Ramble. <laughs> it was dark. It. it was dark. Jesus Christ. Is that she was the fellatio? I don't know what the Ramble is. I believe that it's a woody part of the park. I, I bet it is when she's there losing her sunglasses. The Ramble. She lost her sunglasses doing blowies. In the yes. 
<laughs> that is a hundred percent what's going on here. It is a lush woodland Ooh, in Central Park. Wow. And that's just where you have business meetings. I am not a tree. I am not children. I am not, I am not kin to the trees. Not children. I am a prostitute. I'm just <laughs> How did you pronounce that? Prostitute. Prostitute. <laughs> I'm I'm just a lady that likes blowies in thick wooded areas that wants to hold on to her sunglasses. Travis M says, "Hello everyone, Travis McDonald from Travis McDonald Yelp Reviews. I do not recommend Central Park to anyone because I saw dog feces on ground. <laughs> Clean up your act, Central Park. Someone could die." No one's type from dog poop. And Travis McDonald from Travis McDonald <laughs> Yelp Reviews, not dot com. No, 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 he's looking to go viral. And by the way, I checked. This is years ago. He posted this <laughs> review. He has four total Yelp reviews. <laughs> <laughs> so he's known for his follow through is what you're saying. Hey everybody, Travis McDonald from Travis McDonald Yelp Reviews. Clean <laughs> up your act, Central Park, someone could die. Moving on. So the uh, just for you know, for people out there that don't understand why Central Park is so great, the entire thing is like a work of art. Yeah, but Greg, there was dog feces on the ground. Can't recommend uh, that. Yeah. Greg, are you recommending that? <laughs> I am recommending it. Buddy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right, everybody. You heard it here first. <laughs> Go step in dog shit. Courtesy of Greg Conley. I remember the- Specifically, not Scott Janowitz. I am not endorsing Dude, the this. The first time I went to Paris, the sidewalks were, because you don't have to clean up after your dog, there was dog shit yeah. over all the sidewalks. But not on the street. I didn't have that experience in Paris. Yeah. No, I mean, it's we stayed in the, there was like- Strip club. It was we were staying on the cheap. It was a great hotel. Yeah. I wish I could ever yeah. find it. I'll never. F- it's certainly not open anymore. But it was like you know, it was great. But it was like kind of a poor section of the city, and there was nobody uh, picked up after their dog, and there was dog shit, and they all, everyone owned dogs. Did, was it was it called Arrondissement Pauvet? <laughs> I don't know what it was, but po- it, po- it was a lot of strip clubs. But it was charming. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> Good for you and your shit covered shit. I don't know Greg. what the point of that story was. Fucking asshole. <laughs> Always rubbing his shit covered shoes in my face. <laughs> there goes Greg again, uh, bragging on his shit covered yeah, yeah. shoes. Saying in the poorest section of Paris. Hey, look at this French shit on my shoes, he'd say. Here's a review, Greg, of Yankee Stadium. At some point in the film, they have oh, to go they to Yankee do. Stadium. They do go to Yankee Stadium. This is, of course, of the old Yankee Stadium. I've got a couple from the new one. It was one, a total shithole. From the old, the old Yankee Stadium, it was a total shithole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even I know that. I, I pretended to be a fan of baseball for probably 30 years of my life. I was like, oh, no, this is totally like, yeah, let's go to baseball games. And then you're there and it's like three and a half hours later and you're like, is this still happening? <laughs> like, What's going on? Like, Yeah, going to baseball games uh, is great to go for like an hour and a half, 90 minutes. If you can just have a couple of beers, have yeah. a hot dog. If you can if bar nice hop across out. the stadium, 
go to a baseball game. It's great. If you have all access and you can just sort of go to like, there's all these different bars around. Yeah, here goes. <laughs> so no, I'm just saying, like, okay. you kind of lose track of time. Right. Like he thinks his Paris shit doesn't stink. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. All access helps. You're trying to fucking big time me. All I'm you're saying, fucking big time. I can me. still get all access. And I won't go to fucking baseball games. I have my run of the stadium. I can be on the field. I think I can take Fair a fucking... Fair <laughs> enough. All right. I have no it. interest in going to fucking... I am not cutting any of this. I am putting all of this in the podcast. The point is I have no interest in going to a baseball game. I need more people to understand what I have to put Get up the with fuck out. on this podcast. I'm a delight. All right. Yankee Stadium. Christopher G., no one likes the Yankees. Also, I am an Astros fan. Oh, well. The Yankees are in the worst division, Baltimore and Toronto, while the Astros have Oakland, who will win the wild card. <laughs> that's, that's the end of that review. Wow, that is not a review of the stadium at all. <laughs> that is an airing of grievances right there. Fuck you, Yankees! <laughs> this review is written by a t-shirt purchased outside of Fenway Park. It says, Yankees suck. <laughs> Here's a review by Kaiser S. Kaiser Sosa? <laughs> Kaiser Sosa? It's a Kaiser Sosa. Oh, I was wondering where <laughs> wow. you were. Taking the time for Yelp. Surprised that he would have had the time for this kind of online <laughs> forum. <laughs> Kaiser Sosa. The most feared criminal Just, in all of cinema. <laughs> the most feared criminal and critic <laughs> in New York City. Two Sosa's down. He says, <laughs> I ordered a milkshake. They said I couldn't have a straw. The spoon they offered was bullshit. <laughs> That's it. I will call that Kaiser so-so. I want a Kaiser so-shake. Hold on. He didn't get a straw with his milkshake? He ordered a milkshake. Said he couldn't have a straw. The spoon they offered was bullshit. <laughs> Emily A. says, the Yankees are the worst. I don't need to say anything else. Overpriced snobs. This is one of the worst places on earth. <laughs> Aaron Judge is an absolute joke to humanity. Oh boy, that's <laughs> not. I love yeah. it. I love. I love how all over the map that one is. <laughs> They're the worst. I don't need to say overpriced. Worth. This is one of the worst places on earth. <laughs> on earth. The Killing Fields. Fuck you. Try Yankee Stadium, Pol Pot. You are not well traveled. Darfur, go fuck yourself. <laughs> this is the worst. Also, fucking Aaron Judge. <laughs> that entitled <laughs> Fuck that guy. Cocksucker. He's a joke to humanity. He's not even <laughs> human. That, honestly, a joke to humanity is, I don't know that this is the worst thing you could say about it. That was a, that was a woman. <laughs> Emily A. <laughs> You're a joke to humanity. That is, that's aggressive. Uh, just the basic definition of Imagine what it means to be human. Looking at you in the eye and saying, you are a fucking joke to humanity. <laughs> I wouldn't take them seriously. I, if they look me in the eye, I'd be like, I've always suspected. I'd be like, that's not, that's not correct. <laughs> you just seconded it. <laughs> That does not that does not check out. I may have my flaws, <laughs> sir, but <laughs> I reject the premise. Like a joke, a ha ha joke to humanity or a 
<laughs> kind of malicious. I, I have I have worth. <laughs> All right. Uh, there's one more of Yankee Stadium. Charles S. says, no nachos equals no bueno. <laughs> Loaded fries were decent, but I can't in good faith have, give a baseball stadium good reviews when they have sushi and no nachos. Shame on you, New York you Yankees. You betray your BMI, sir. Baseball stadiums are known for their culinary delights. Yeah, that's, that's what you get. Have you ever gone to a baseball, like to watch a baseball game and ordered the nachos? And been like, well, that's just the fucking best plate of nachos I've ever got in my life. The only reason why you, <laughs> oh, you order nachos. So authentic. You know what I oh, want to eat? Oh, the pico de gallo is sublime. <laughs> what kind, where, yeah. is this, where is this queso sourced from? Shame on you, New York Yankees. <laughs> Sushi and no nachos. Sushi. I mean, it's no wonder coronavirus hit them hardest. <laughs> Sushi at Yankee Stadium. When they when you order the sushi and they pull it out from underneath the counter, <laughs> yeah, you you might be susceptible to a pandemic. <laughs> you might be a carrier. <laughs> if you're eating sushi at Yankee Stadium, <laughs> you you just might be patient zero. <laughs> Who the fuck would uh, order sushi in a fucking baseball stadium? That's like if porta potties also had. You know, gummy worms and stuff that you could just pick up. Just a, they, just, they have just a yogurt dispenser. <laughs> Fucking pull yeah. the handle. It's like, oh, they have Sabra hummus <laughs> behind the Oh, top. I love hummus. Well, that's the flusher. Is that the Sabra hummus dispenser <laughs> right next to it? Oh, roasted tomato. Oh, I'm going to have that. I like the supremely spicy. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Yum. I got one more uh, review. Uh, this one is of the old stadium. The old one. The old Yankee that Stadium. That was truly a shithole. Which is the one that they go to in this movie because this was obviously made before. Yeah. True shithole. The year was 1986. This is by Christopher B. The year was 1986. Ronald Reagan was president. <laughs> the 335 years war between the Netherlands and the Isles of Sicily had just come to a close. Wow. A young pre-steroids Roger Clemens had just set the record for most strikeouts in a nine-inning game. And in the Bronx, at four years old and already a Red Sox fan, I was seeing my first Red Sox-Yankees game. <laughs> I just How does that Dutch-Italian war figure into it? Is that what it was? Just, I'm, just, I'm just setting the scene. <laughs> 86. Yeah. My mother, bored and raised a Red Sox fan on Cape Cod, had dressed me in a full Red Sox uniform, okay. believing apparently that because I was four and because of, you know, the dictums of basic human decency, I'm just going to stop right there. <laughs> you took a child and dressed yeah. in a full Red Sox yep. uniform, not a cap. Nope. Full uniform. Yeah. Cleats and all, I assume, to Yankees. It was like you brought... A pinata to a Yankees <laughs> fan's birthday party. Yes, they legitimately <laughs> thought you had brought them a toy. There's no candy in this baby. There's no <laughs> candy. There's only guts. It would be okay for me to show my support for the Red Sox, but alas, no. Instead, my parents were forced to take my brother and I home early after I was struck in the head by the following. An ice cream sandwich. 
Fourteen dollars in loose change <laughs> and half fourteen and half of a draft beer. <laughs> it must have taken you at least three innings to count that change up. A fucking four-year-old just whipping shit at a four-year-old. But to stay for fourteen dollars in loose change and half of a draft beer—that was finally the. the I will say the fourteen dollars in loose change. You could have left after six fifty. Like you didn't have to. <laughs> Honestly, it was never gonna turn into bills. <laughs> it's not a strip club. At what point did you? Were you like, well, I'm making money, but they hurt. <laughs> Fucking hot lead <laughs> raining down from the upper decks. Yeah. No, I mean you could have got out of there for probably four or five bucks. <laughs> like. I love the idea of this kid's father being like to his mother, like, listen. Fucking ice cream sandwich <laughs> whaps their four year old yeah, yeah. in the face, yeah. and they're like, "Well, let's just hold <laughs> let's on. Let's not prejudge. <laughs> let's stick this out and see where yeah. it goes, honey. I'm sure someone just dropped yeah. their change. <laughs> from it was me. bright side. We get a free ice cream sandwich out of the deal. <laughs> <laughs> we paid a lot of money yeah. for these tickets. So if you're a fan of decency, this probably isn't the place for you. 100%. On the other hand, if you've if you've always longed to experience what Hobbes called the natural state of mankind, where no matter oh, how strong boy, somebody, or how intelligent... Somebody went to a one, liberal arts college. Hey, it's Mr. Western Civ. I'll show you C-minus in philosophy. <laughs> where no matter how strong or how intelligent, one cannot help but fear a violent death. Well, then, Yankee Stadium might be the place for you. A violent death. Yikes. <laughs> Oh shit. Time to sign off. Hold on. No, you've got the hiccups now. You're not gonna I don't You're not gonna lose them. I don't have thirty minutes to sit here with you while you get over the hiccups. So we're gonna sign off. Oh now. god damn it. You want the season finale to be special, not get the hiccups. Oh, you fucking blew it. Just like prom. <laughs> Unforeseen circumstances. <laughs> I was fucking sequestered in the limo all night with the hiccups. The driver just drove me around. Hey, uh, kid, you want me to take you to the emergency room? <laughs> that doesn't sound so good. Those ain't hiccups. <laughs> hey, kid, that's none of my business, but you don't sound so good. Why don't I take you over to Newton Wellesley? <laughs> I'm making an executive decision here. <laughs> We're going. My second cousin's an EMT. I'm leaving you on the emergency room loading dock. I got two strikes already, kid. Kicks you out of the car. Takes off. <laughs> you fucking brown dirt friends. What happened to our friend? Uh, he took. Uh, he left the car and I never saw him again. I thought he was going in. Oh, shit. This has been the season one finale of Citizen Critic, the podcast where we critique the critics and review the reviews. We're going to be back again in two weeks. We're going to take one week off. One week off. We're going to take one week off and organize our uh, drawers. We're going to organize. We're going to do a little spring cleaning. We're going (laughs) to dust. We're going to get that colonoscopy. When we come back... It is going to be well thought out and sensual. Yeah. This is Scott Janowitz. We'll see you back for season two. Signing off. 
apologizing for everything. Follow us on Instagram, and we'll talk to you in the new season. Citizen Critic comes to you from Double Elvis and is executive produced by Jake Brennan of Disgraceland. It was created by Jake, Greg Conley, and me, Scott Janowitz. I also composed and recorded the music, and I engineer and edit the show. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.